Indiana Runner Podcast Season 2, Episode 10. What a week in Indiana high school cross country. Hard to believe we're just getting started. Scott Litzkin and I break down five interesting meets, digest the lessons for more updates on inccstats.com, and discuss the emergence of new team title favorites on both the boys' and the girls' side. Scott also lists his current top five teams, and he's shockingly even higher on one particular girls' team than I am. Let's hit it. All right, I'm here with Scott Lidskin, the two Indiana runner guys, and we're going to go through uh, an exciting week three, our recap of what really is one of the most interesting weekends I can remember, regular season weekends, in a long time in Indiana history. There were a host of big meets around the state. Uh, some of these meets, Scott, on fast courses ranked minus on inccstats.com meaning they were slower than what would be an average meet in the middle of the year. Now, granted, we're not quite to the middle of the season, uh, but I thought overall the weather was pretty decent for early September, probably seasonal average, right? It was an awesome morning to run, especially around the Indianapolis area. The sun really didn't peak out until after the varsity races were probably over. The temps were cool, but yeah, I love what you said. This weekend is always kind of a fun one because minus kind of the state preview, on the Terre Haute course, um, you know, I know you, you, you're the, the INCC stats guy between the two of us, that's for sure. But like, just from having been to all these courses, they're all somewhat similar, you know, Brownsburg and um, the course at Indiana Wesleyan and the Columbus North course being fast. So it's kind of, it's kind of a fun weekend to compare. Yep. And we're going to start our uh, recap where the season ends. And that's the meet that you talked about initially. The state preview, Fisher's boys, 67 to 78 over Center Grove. Now, Center Grove ran without their second best runner or the, the guy who was their second best runner at their previous meet. They've run both of their 5Ks now uh, with their full squad or most of their full squad on that state meet course. Zionsville boys were third. They had 107. Uh, that's a possible top 10 team at the state meet. They, they are exactly 10th right now on inccstats.com and the Indiana runner weekly rankings will come out uh, tomorrow morning or, or later tonight. Uh, Valparaiso boys were fourth at 163. That's a very likely state meet team. I did do one calculation. Uh, the center Grove boys missing that, that number two runner. He ran 1625 earlier at the early, early meet on Laverne. If he runs 1625 again, which seems like he probably would run faster, right? Probably given the, given the weather and, and the later time another yeah. three or four weeks later. So if he runs 1625 again, center Grove actually beats Fisher's 64 to 79. So whatever that's worth, it didn't happen, but hypothetically uh, Parker Mambella of center Grove, again, with another great race on that state meet course, he won in 1554. And I think interestingly, the next two athletes are new to cross country in the state of Indiana. Fisher's freshman, Sam Quaglianelli, uh, 15.59 for second. And he was just a few seconds ahead of Avon sophomore, Sam Clore, who did not run last year. These are two guys we've mentioned in previous podcasts that we weren't sure if they were going to run or not. Uh, they're both running and they're both uh, the, the top runners on their teams, two of the big, big teams from central Indiana. Yeah. How exciting is that? Right. I mean, and, and you know, they did that at Laverne. 
that's not just on some, you know, downhill, you know, easy, easy course. Uh, that's legit. That is really exciting. And, you know, one thing maybe we'll get into in a future podcast, Indiana has been just loaded at the top end in boys elite talent individually for well over a decade now. And these two guys, they keep that going for the next few years. Yeah, really exciting overall for the state and especially for a freshman boy, 1559. And it was like we said, it was a good day. But sometimes in early September, you get up and it's 48 degrees. And when they start the race, it's only 52. It was still into the mid to upper 60s when these, uh, when these races were starting around the state of Indiana yesterday. On the girls' side, not quite as competitive of a meet. You know, we think Fisher's boys, Center Grove boys are two potential podium teams. Uh, Zionsville, Valpo are likely state meet teams. The Avon girls dominate 41 points. Center Grove girls were second with 91. Interesting that both on INCCstats.com, we'll see when the Indiana runner uh, semi-state rankings come out later this next week, uh, where they are. But both are ranked seventh on INCC stats in their respective semi-states. So the best teams from two different areas of the state not to make the state meet projected. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet in, in later October. Audrey Noper of uh, Western Boone won the girls' race in a really good time of 1858. Yeah. Um, the, for whatever reason, that, that meet for the last almost maybe five to 10 years, the boys' meet has just been more competitive than the girls' meet. Uh, it's just kind of one of those odd, odd twists of fate. Uh, but uh, still, um, Avon girls, I think they were our team of the week a couple of weeks ago, and they, they've just gotten better since then. Going right by Avon, but a meet that they didn't go to, the Brownsburg invite, Franklin Central boys big time over Westfield. Those are two teams we kind of had our eye on as a potential sixth best team to advance out of the Shelbyville semi-state. Westfield boys maybe still a little shorthanded. Looks like there were a couple names on there that uh, I was expecting and didn't see. Franklin Central boys, 35, Westfield boys, 67, Carmel's JV, five back of Westfield with 72 points. Westfield does have a superstar, Kai Connor, uh, ranked very high on INCC stats and very high in the Indiana runner preseason individual rankings. He won in 1533. That was good for a 22-second win over uh, Franklin Central's front runner, Braden Henkel, the only other runner that broke 16 minutes. He ran 1555. Franklin Central... Talked about Fishers with a freshman. Franklin Central scored a freshman boy, and that seems to be a theme for a lot of these state meet teams or even podium teams that they're going to run a, a freshman boy, if not score one or two uh, in the tournament. Yeah, and obviously those were things that um, you know we didn't know in preseason rankings here at Indiana Runner. So um, you know Franklin Central and Fishers probably going to be better than what we thought, and uh, you know. You know me, I think it's too early to start talking about it, but both really look like teams never that, too early to stop talking. Yeah, about that's talking true. about it. Yeah, it's true. It's always good to talk about. It. Um, but those are two teams that, that could find their way to Laverne um, on Halloween. Westfield the girls, day before Halloween, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's like I think it was Halloween last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, because I, I remember I missed my I had a, a one year old son then, now I have a two year old son, uh, because that's how time works. I, I think I like missed all the Halloween stuff because by the time we got back, it was because the boys was way later, right? They split yeah. them like 10 o'clock and three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, your, your old stomping grounds, really your current stomping grounds. You just uh, stepped away from coaching Westfield girls continue their surprising season. 
they win big 41 points. So basically a reverse of what happened in the boys race, Westfield girls, big time over Franklin central Franklin central missing their top runner. Still their projected number one runner wouldn't have mattered. Even if she had won the race, um, Franklin central wouldn't have been able to overcome Westfield Brownsburg was third with 88 and they uh, were 12 ahead of Carmel's JV uh, former super sophomores. They're now juniors, but they're still super. Sophia Kennedy, 1801. Gretchen Farley, 1820. They both go to Park Tudor, and both of them finished in the top 15 last year at the state meet. So it Brownsburg also for the boys race, you know, boys are earlier this year. The girls race started another 45 minutes later. Uh, the boys ranked just a little plus on INCC stats. I think it was like plus seven or so. The girls race ranked minus, and that's a, you've been there before, you've seen it. It's a pretty fast course. It's laid out pretty well to run to run fast times. Yeah, it's it is. It's very flat. It's it's a, a little bit like Shelbyville's course, or maybe you could call it like a really flat Terre Haute type of situation because there's not a lot of shade, but but it runs fast. And yeah, Westfield girls. I mean, I, I'm obviously I coached there for many years. I'm really proud of their team and the job that uh, Coach Bevins is doing there. And, that's a really good Franklin Central girls team that they beat when they get their number one runner back. I mean, I want to say they were preseason ranked from us in the top five or six. So they were six. Um, Westfield's looking more and more legit every week. Another fast course, or at least tends to run fast at times. Harrison invite Goshen boys with a huge trio, Scott, their top three, <laughs> 1533, 1535 and 1542. Yeah. I mean, is, I, you, t- you know, boys cross country better than I do. I mean, wouldn't they be leading the state meet through three guys at this point in the season? Well, we'll get into that. Um, based, be close. On, based on the runners that we've seen, I, I think it could be close. There's at least one other school that has three of them, at least that good, but we haven't seen them yet. Um, they'll be, they could potentially yeah. be way up there uh, in, in October. But uh, not quite the depth, although the, they rode those top three. One, two, four finish for Goshen. They edged Bloomington South 59 to 63. We've talked about this other team outside of our preseason top 50, but the Lake Central boys were third. They beat West Lafayette. West Lafayette currently projected out of the New Prairie semi-state as the sixth best team in that semi-state on INCC stats. Lake Central boys still, even after that meet, projected ninth, but not in the top 50, we could see the Lake Central boys at Terre Haute in, uh, in late October. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're one of the great stories of this season so far. Really interested to see how the next couple months go for them. Yeah, but kudos to them. You know, maybe, uh, maybe their lack of respect on Indiana runners uh, propelling their early season success. We used to call that bulletin board material, but I don't, I don't know that anybody has bulletin boards anymore. I think it's, uh, <laughs> Elementary screen, school, maybe. Yeah, sc- screenshot material. They screenshot yeah. it and send it to each other. Uh, Drew Hogan of Goshen was the winner over his teammate, Cole Johnston. Cole Raymond of Laporte was third. He was highly ranked in our preseason uh, individual rankings, and he ran 412, I believe, last uh, last spring. Uh, so very, very good distance runner in, in Cole Raymond. And again, Goshen boys, one, two, four at a pretty competitive invitational on the girls side, the kind of the theme, I suppose, on some of these meets, the girls, maybe not quite as competitive up front, uh, team wise, the Zionsville girls dominate 52 points. They were still missing their number one runner. I know that she is on the team. I know she will be running this year, but she hasn't run in, uh, either, uh, Zionsville's early meets 
Lake Central girls were second. They had 125 points, so quite a ways back from Zionsville. Lake Central, a likely state meet team on the girls' side. I think they're ranked second in their semi-state. Uh, defending state champion Corinna James does what she always does. She won in 1805. She was nine seconds ahead of Lillian Zelasco, who's really been spectacular early in the season. So a solid win by Corinna James there. Yeah, I, I like how you said it. She's just, I mean, is it possible for the defending state champion to be underrated? I mean, we talk all, all the time about Cridge and all those great athletes, and rightly so, but James just keeps doing her thing. And, and I mean, Zelasco has been amazing so far this season. So that's like, a, that's a very legitimate victory. Yeah, I mean, James just uh, being up at Lowell, the, she runs her team schedule, even in the track season, didn't, didn't budge off of that to go down to any of the showcase meets or anything. And they, they stick to that schedule in the cross-country season, but she was undefeated last year. So, and she's still undefeated this year. This, I don't know if that was her first or her second race. Um, so I, she's, she's certainly not overrated. I think she's still fourth, fifth, sixth on the INCC stats. Um, but, you know, nobody's beat her. So, yeah, well, she's awesome. And, uh, you know, that's, I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've been up to that Harrison course. It, you, like you said, it does run fast, but there, there are two kind of pretty challenging hills in the last mile of that course that make that course, I, I think I would say, at least as legitimate, if not a touch slower than the Marion or the, uh, sorry, the Indiana Wesleyan course, the Brownsburg course uh, from this week, and the Columbus North course from this weekend. Yeah, every time there's a big, there's a big race there and we see really fast times, I, and I've only been there twice maybe, I'm always like, how? How are they running that fast out there? But it tends to produce, I don't know if it's, it's the competition or you know, maybe just the first big time exciting meet for a lot of these teams, but it, it tends to produce really fast times. Well, you can go points. through the two mile, you can go through the 3200 there really quick because you get the downhill in the first K. And so with, you know, with a similar effort, you can get to the 3200 five, 10, 15 seconds faster than you normally would. Um, and then if you can just kind of hang on through those challenging hills, I guess you can drop down a good time. Sure. Uh, you mentioned Marion. That was our next meet. For the boys, Fort Wayne Concordia, despite missing their top runner, Karsten Schlegel, who was sixth last year at the state meet, they hold off North Central and Burbuff. Concordia, 108. North Central, a possible state meet team, 124. And Burbuff, the preseason number one, 127. But, and we'll get into this in a little bit too after the break, Burbuff's still missing two All-Staters potential all-staters one was all-state i think the other one was like in the in the late 20s after 25th uh, but was all-state in in track uh defending state champion isaiah story just i guess he pulled an isaiah story he ran 1455 uh he's so good i'm just not sure that that really makes makes waves or makes news <laughs> yeah yeah break 15 minutes that's just whatever nice yeah. nice uh out for a run kind of day was the, the the michael jordan when he hit all those three pointers against portland just kind of the shrug yeah uh but the race of the weekend potentially krishna Thirunavukarasu from burbuff was second only five seconds behind isaiah sturry in 15 flat that young man has had quite a career huh i mean I, just the the accomplishment if you're to put together a resume of successes with times and medals and all this stuff in a high school career. He, he's, he's, this is looking real. He's looking 
like a corporate America would hire him in a second. And the, the crazy thing about that me too, is that I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but typically when we've seen boys run 15 minutes or faster, it's been sometimes on a course of uh, skepticism in terms of the length. Or it's been late season, 45 degrees, perfect ideal conditions. And while conditions yesterday were good or average for early September, it, it ranked minus on INCC stats. It ranked slower than an average meet. So his, his adjusted time, Christian's adjusted time was under 15 minutes, which we've almost never seen. I'm not sure Cole Hawker ever did that. Um, maybe he did when he ran 15 flat that, that day that it was blazing hot at Flash Rock. Um, but besides that, I, I think that's one of the four or five best adjusted performances in Indiana, like since Flitsum. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's where I think maybe, I, I know you'd probably disagree, but you maybe take INCC stats with a grain of salt. I mean, Never. I don't know. I know. But well, you know, one thing that you and I talked about last time I was on the podcast is when you get that big chunk of really, really hot weather and then it breaks, you know, just right, right, right before that Saturday race, you sometimes see, and I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but you kind of see those even bigger breaks and drops than maybe you normally would. Um, so yeah, you're right. It was not, you know, 50, 55 degrees, but maybe it was so much cooler than what the kids have been running in that it, it allowed for superhuman performance <laughs> i don't know right and that's that's potentially true and i i had said on the emergency podcast with taylor on thursday like we had some early season or early week meets right so we had the hamilton county and the the northern indiana meet uh the goshen northridge their conference meet or whatever on yeah. tuesday and i said well actually later on in the week like the hamilton county boys was minus 22 so 22 seconds slower than than average whatever incc stats is set as zero um and i said well once we get these these results in from this weekend you know some of these performances look pretty crazy some of these team ratings are really low low being good right you want as low right. a number as possible and so after they uh, incc stats had updated on on late saturday afternoon or early saturday evening um, it, it got even more negative. So Hamilton <laughs> County boys went from minus 22 to minus 25. And like the team I'm most interested in, our team rating went from like 132 to 125 or 127 or something like that. So yeah, so and getting, and a lot of those guys didn't even run, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, the results don't change, but we get yeah. more data and it turns out that no, that right. was actually more impressive than we yeah. had initially thought. Uh, in the girls' race, battle of potential podium teams, Chesterton, 90. I know you're very high on them. Yeah. North Central, 101. I'm very high on North Central. Incredible individual race. This has been the theme all, all year. Incredible depth on the boys' side for teams and unbelievable depth on the girls' side for individuals, depth being the top. We kind of initially thought five, and now it's looking more like seven eight ten uh nikki sutherland of delta seventeen twenty eight on a day that ranked minus on incc stats bailey ranta of chesterton also under 18 minutes and then an addison rematch knoblock 1807 wiley 1811 here was an incredible thing when i looked through the results scott kendall martin of burbuff 
we, we could both agree she's good. She's an excellent oh, yeah. distance runner. She was sixth. She ran 1839. So she's 71 seconds behind Nikki Sutherland of Delta. Kendall Martin was 10th at the state meet last year. And in a typical year on a somewhat warm day, I know it's a fast course, but it wasn't. We've had years at Marion where they shoot the gun off and it's 52 degrees, right? It was probably 65, 66 in, in northern Indiana at 9 o'clock, 9.30 yesterday. In a, in a usual year, a girl runs 18.39 in the first few weeks of the season. That's, that's really, really competitive. She was sixth in that meet, but she was 10th last year at the state meet, and she scored in track in the 3,200. That's how good it is this year on the girls' side individually. Yeah, I mean, you, you could make a claim that whatever girl it is that finishes, I don't pick a number, eighth at the state meet, there are a number of years in the last 25 years that, that that girl would have won the state championship. Uh, and that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm nothing wrong with eighth place, but normally you wouldn't be able to say that. That's incredible. Well, I mean, and, and on the boys' side, we may end up with a team that doesn't finish on the podium that we're like, well, if this would have been 2018, they might have won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here was our meet of the week, the Rick Weinheimer Classic at Columbus North High School. Question answered. Taylor and I had three main questions, one of which I still think is unanswered about the Burbuff boys, but our other questions were, are, are the Columbus North boys a title contender? Uh, we were a little surprised by the numbers spit out by INCC stats from their initial meet, that 4K at, um, at Brownsburg, I believe it was. Yeah. Columbus North boys average 1535. <laughs> and, you know, Times can sometimes be it's it's times in cross country aren't like times in track, right? Courses vary where a track right. is a track, right. but they scored 27 points in comparison to Noblesville boys, second with 81, Bloomington North boys, third, 84. Both of those teams ran all of their athletes, and they're both considered to be podium teams or fringe podium teams. So 27, 81, 84 against podium teams. Well, you know, just, just to throw out that number, they averaged 1535. And again, I think you know this better than I do, but I think isn't 1537 five minute pace per mile. Pretty sure. Uh, it's five minute pace for by 1600. So not by mile, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, imagine if they were running a hokum carom and running under you know, right at five minutes per guy, with you know five minutes of rest for each cat, like that in itself would probably win just about every Hokum Karam that is run in the state of Indiana. And yet they did this obviously without the rest. <laughs> well, yeah, but they had that running start for the second and third miles, to be fair. <laughs> True. <laughs> Connor was fourth. I don't know where that is. It's not in Indiana. They had 88 points. Jennings County was fifth, they had 175. And then there were some other shorthanded. We've, we've kind of declared six locks in the Brown County semi-state. Jennings County did beat some of those teams that we consider to be locks, um, but they were, they were shorthanded this week. They were missing some of their athletes. And, you know, at a school that a lot of these schools might have five good guys. And so when you've got to go back to your sixth, you may be losing a minute or more, and that can really – And that's why there's no such thing as a lock. We're going to consider them to be locks, though. We'll update them <laughs> week to week. Uh, the incredible Reese Kilbarger stump 
from Columbus North. I don't know where he's going to school, but whoever gets him is going to be a very, very lucky university next year. 15.04 for the victory. He was followed not far behind by Spencer Wolf of Forest Park. And if you look into the results, they run the race together and then they separate them into big school and small school. But those two did run against each other. So it's not, I think Spencer Wolf is listed as first in the small school, right. 50 seconds ahead of whoever else. I think it was Owen Jackson, actually, it was Eric Jackson's son from Oak Hill, is listed as second, but they were in the same race and they separate the results out because technology makes that possible. Right. Uh, Spencer Wolf from, from Forest Park, we feel like, is a likely All-Stater. I mean, if you run 1508, yeah. you're probably going to finish in the top 25. The state meets in another six, seven, eight weeks. Abe Ekman from Jasper ran 1514. Uh, Joel Mumaw of Noblesville, 1528. And Matt Newell from Columbus North, a number two runner from North, uh, 1529. So five under 1530. Yeah, you know, you mentioned just the, the unbelievable run. Uh, from the, the individual winner, what what range that kid has, right? I mean, what did he run, like 152? Or yes, 152. Fully automatic and 800 all the way to 1504, and it's only early September. I mean, yeah, that is a great recruit. And I – this is going to sound harsher than I want it to, but I don't know any other way to say it. Oftentimes, you might see a whole team – run really, really fast early on or an individual run really, really fast early on. And I think people in the know, maybe not necessarily in a public sphere like this, but people in the know might say like, yeah, hey, it's a long season, right? Yeah. Because we kind of all know what that means. But this kid goes to Columbus North. They, they proved last year and have proven, you know, one for 30 years, but even under the new coach, under Danny, since, since Coach Weinheimer retired, that like, they know how to periodize their training. And so that's, that's certainly not a concern of mine, although I guess it wouldn't be whatever the opposite of a concern is because since I'm a competing coach that, that they're, they're doing too much too early or they're not going to be there in October. This is clearly a team and an individual that, that will do that. I mean, he was fourth Columbus last year North, at the state meet. Columbus North will be there in October. <laughs> I know. I know. Not as exciting for me as it used to be. I'll tell you that. I texted <laughs> Coach Weinheimer the other, yesterday. Uh, on the girls' side, similar story. Columbus North girls, 30 points. They averaged 18 minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> we talked about five-minute pace for the boys. This would be under six-minute pace, pretty well under six minutes. Oh, way pace. under. Uh, for the girls. Floyd girls were second. They were really solid, 74 points. Uh, and the darling of the Indiana Runner podcast, the Noblesville girls were third. They did run all the girls with 84 Bloomington North girls were fourth, 104. Northview, 149. They ran without their number one. Northview boys also ran without their number one. Those two are siblings, so I'm sure that's connected in some way. Uh, we talked about this uh, mysterious transfer or mm -hmm. move-in from, uh, from California, I believe, to Columbus North. Uh, she is a real person. Uh, she ran 1735 for her uh, debut over 5,000 meters on an Indiana cross-country course. Julie Kiesler uh, for Columbus North. She's a junior. She beat Jaden Cirincioni, who also broke 18 minutes, 17.54. Andy Van Meter from Jasper was fourth in 18.14. This is kind of like a Kendall Martin situation here. So Van Meter finishes almost 40 seconds back from Kiesler. 
from Columbus North. She was Ben Meter was 16th last year at the state meet. Yeah, you know, you say she's a real person. She's probably running so fast though, you probably couldn't even tell. Might have just been a blur. I don't know. They're uh, they're real good. Yeah, her legs are probably like uh, like the road runner. You can't hardly yeah. see them. Teams of the week. I felt like this was an obvious choice. Columbus North boys and girls. You want to throw out some stats? We we like the stats. We like the INCC stats, the advanced analytics. Some of us more than others. Uh, nobody's <laughs> nobody's a bigger fan than me. Uh, boys rating for the Columbus North uh, team was eighty four. That's the lowest regular season rating since 2017. I throw in the caveat of regular season because the Columbus North boys last year at the state meet had a rating of 76, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, the Columbus North girls rated 70, and that was only better twice last year uh, outside of week one, which we, we tend to kind of throw away the week one ratings. Um, Carmel and Carol both had one meet and they actually ran it against each other at Marion where they were better than 70. So an historically good meet from both the Columbus North boys and the girls. And that earned them our, our team of the week. Go dogs. I'm not going to say it, but I used to say it all the time. Yeah. They very, very deserving two teams. And, you know, if you're going to talk statistics, you know, that anytime you see a meet, where you have times, finish times, like they were at this invitational. Coaches across the state are, are going to say, oh, that course was short. That course had to have been short. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I've never even been there. But um, Columbus North Girls, you said average 18.21. Yes. So add 30 seconds to that, <laughs> I mean, right. that which is insane. I mean, that's that's nearly 200 meters short. And, I, and if it's, it's 200, not. almost 200 meters short, that's crazy. But it's, there's 0% chance it's that short. There's right. No I mean, so they add 30 seconds to their average team time, and it's 1851, which is still a, a, a number one ranked type team in September. Uh, that There's a stat for you. Not, not an INCC stat, but a, a Lidskin stat. Thank you for, for that segue because. INCC stats now gives us something that we wouldn't have had in say 2009, right? Which is everybody at that meet ran on that course. And so it adjusts all of the performances. It could be 500 meters short and it would, or 500 meters long, and it would adjust the performance because it's based on the margins and who you beat and by how much. And that just shows whether the course was the right length or short or, and, and I don't, I don't know. I don't have any reason to believe that it's not 5,000 meters. They obviously have good coaches who know how to set up a cross country course. Rick Sluter <laughs> is the president of the coaches association, right? So he, he knows how to, he knows how to manage a meet. He knows how to do that. He can but carry a wheel. <laughs> you, you can't argue with the INCC stats adjustment with the rating. So 84 for the boys we talked about how incredible it was what Hamilton Southeastern's boys, and we'll talk about this after the break, what they did at the Hamilton County meet and then Columbus North boys come back and better that. And the Carmel girls who looked really good and were, were number one far and away on INCC stats. And this is before we add in uh, Julie Kiesler from Columbus North because we didn't know about her right. at the end of last season, but to come in with the, with the ranking of 70, like if anyone is saying, well, the course is short. It's a completely invalid argument. It's a, it's a completely meaningless point 
when we have the advanced statistics from INCC stats that we, we now know the answer to our question, uh, whether I like it or not, which is, are the Columbus North boys and girls title contenders? And the answer is clearly yes. Are they title favorites? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that after the break, right? Yep. Looking forward right. to it. Let's take a break. Okay. We're back. Uh, just one conversation topic, Scott, that I wanted to get to, and then we can kind of talk about the, the team races. Uh, two meets in a week. How do you think that affects teams? So there were four, five, six kind of state meet type teams that had two of them this week. What do you think? I think there's a lot of impact. Um, and, and I know some of the old, old school coaches might uh, disagree because in the old days, you know, I used to run like a dual meet on a Tuesday and then you'd come back for an invite on a Saturday and you do that four or five times a season. But, you know, studies show, you know, many, if not most athletes are more sore two days after a competition than the following day after a competition. So, you know, maybe that if you had a Tuesday meet, like the Hamilton County meet, you're waking up Thursday and you're, you know, that's when you're feeling the, the, the most sluggish or tight or sore. And then you got to turn around and just two days after that, even though your, your body may feel better that Saturday, um, I'm still, I'm sure there's still some fatigue and you're broken down muscularly a little bit. Um, well, it's just the whole mentality of trying to get yourself up at the maximum level that you can perform at twice in a week is just, I mean, from personal experience as an athlete, that that's, that is a runner that is not easy to do. Um, plus we talked about before, I think in a podcast, kids had to go home that Tuesday night and probably do homework and you know, all that good stuff. So I, I, any team that came back and ran better on Saturday, that very, very impressive. And that may have even been because Tuesday might not have been a, a great run for them more than that, you know, that, that Saturday was so awesome. So I, I'm, we talked about before, it's, it's just really not in the best interest of, of distance runners at all. So I found two or sorry, I found four teams on the boys' side that, that are, I think are likely state meet teams that had two meets this week. Fishers and Noblesville ran significantly better on Tuesday. This is per INCC stats rankings. Significantly better on Tuesday than they did on Saturday. Goshen boys basically even, slightly better in the second meet on Saturday. I wonder how much of that is a much higher level of competition yeah. that it's, it looks like they ran hard. They ran the best they could at both meets, but uh, when you're good, when you're as good as the Goshen boys are, you're, they're going to, they're going to improve. They're going to step their performance up against higher levels of competition. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the Carmel boys ran their best guys, our best guys on Tuesday and ran a JV, you know, like seven through however many you could run seven through 18 or whatever on on saturday on the girls side i found five likely state meet teams noblesville much better in the first meet warsaw and fishers girls better in the second meet for whatever reason um and fishers was at a very competitive hamilton county meet uh and then westfield and carmel each decided to run their jv in, in one of the meets yeah so i mean that for the most part backs up the, what we said, but yeah, I mean, to those teams that, that perform better on Saturday, um, you know, again, was it because they didn't perform well on Tuesday 
uh, or was it uh, was it that they just somehow magically got better in three days? Yeah, and I think we talked about this on the last one. And the, the Hamilton County meet, which has been on Tuesday for at least ten years since I since I can remember, um, is now moving back to a Saturday. And so I think you know, especially as school start times go later and later, it's it's going to become impossible to have weekday meets. Now you you t- is it going to the the, the the same day as like yesterday as the state preview or no, is it going to last would, saturday well, the saturday before my suggestion was moving it back and uh it sounded like just from a brief uh brief experience at the coaches meeting that there was one coach that was uh excited about the idea of it moving to this saturday this kind of labor day saturday and that was me i was one that suggested and everybody else shot it down so it sounds like it'll be kind of august 27th August 28th, August 29th. So even earlier. <laughs> even earlier, but at least at least on a Saturday. I mean, the Tuesday yeah. meet is just we got back and I, some of the I we had to one, we had to get a separate bus for the guys in the varsity race because the varsity race is at six and we had to leave school early. So I had to drive a, a small activity bus to the varsity guys. And as they were coming back somewhere like, I'm I'm gonna be, you know, I'm trying to get all my schoolwork done. I tried to balance it out. We're on a two-day rotating schedule, but they're like, I've still got two or three hours worth of stuff to do tonight. And that's just, that's not good. That's not good overall for the kids. So nope. the more we can get away from that. And, and it's not like, uh, it's not like soccer or volleyball or whatever, where it's like, well, they, they go two, three times a week at night. Yeah. But they have lights. I mean, it was, by the time we got on the buses, it was starting to get dark on, on Tuesday. So yep. I got switched. All right, here we go. The big topic. You ready? Let's, yeah. do, let's do an ESPN type thing here. This is apparently what people like is, is debate. Girls title race. It's clearly it's clearly two teams at this point. I mean, unless something significantly changes. Yes. Columbus North and Carmel. Yes. Do you think Columbus North is a clear number one right now? Uh, you know, clear is a is a tough word, but um I think that they put themselves into the favorite position. Um, I know Carmel, I think, hasn't been at quite full strength just yet but I think the big argument um, obviously uh, this new uh, transfer move in from Columbus North keeps them competitive at that number one spot with anybody in the state I mean she looks like she's just outstanding but I think the thing that really stood out to me at uh, that invite on Saturday at Columbus North was their depth I mean I want to say they had seven girls at 1925 or faster and again you know, say what we want about the length of that course, but, you know, you're looking at seven really quality runners, Carmel, the, you know, and I guess you're going to probably you know, talk about the Carmel team here in a moment, but uh, I, I think they were scoring like a 2030 um, at the County meet when they won the County meet on Tuesday night. And I know, you know, conditions and all that are different, but uh, the depth is what I, I'm really impressed with at Columbus North. Um, I, I, I think up and down the lineup, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be competitive. They might even have a little bit of an edge at number one. And then if you know, there's something that goes wrong with a, a number four or five runner, I think there's six, seven or, or, or right now, anyway, looking like they're going to be more than capable of filling. So our rankings will come out today or tomorrow, as usual, the Indiana runner rankings on INCCstats.com right now, they have updated and Columbus North has leaped in front of Carmel. Columbus North's team rating is a hundred Carmel's is 110. It's like I always say, INCC stats is the greatest thing. <laughs> so 
let me make the case here for Carmel. If you look at performances from just this week, Columbus Norse runner has their, their uh, Julie Kiesler has the second best rating this week. And I think she's fourth on INCC stats. We're, we have, we have one data point on her and it's what she ran on Saturday at right. that, at that meet. Um, but to me, it looks like Carmel has, and granted, like I teach at Carmel and the girls coach is my friend. Like, so I'll just put that out now, but it looks like some of the stats have been a little unkind, I think, to, to the Carmel girls based on um, some of the girls that had performed really well early in the season are being weighed down a little bit by, the, by last year's ratings. So if you go through this, this week, Columbus Norse girl comes in first, just between the two teams, and then Carmel has two girls, and then Columbus North has two more, and then Carmel's got a third, and they're all so close that at, the, at a state meet level that they, they all wash out, right? Yeah. So Columbus North's number one might finish 30 seconds in front of Carmel's number one, but she's scoring two points, and Carmel's number one is scoring five. It's not really going to matter all that much. And then one of Carmel's returning all-state athletes ran subpar by, by a considerable margin. And that's dragging her down from like a hundred, like 12th to like 112th in the rankings. So separating the teams by that, that little amount is assuming that the new, the runner who had been in the, in preseason had been like 12th is going to run like that all season. And I feel like that's unlikely. I, I would rank these teams dead even at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really argue with that. I think you're, you're make you're, you're, and I say this with all due respect, I think you're making INCC stats, uh, you're making stats, statistics bend to whichever way you want them to bend. <laughs> um, and I could do that. I, yeah, you can. You, I do it quite, you do it quite well. You do. But, uh, you know, it kind of jumps into a, a conversation too of like, you know, you mentioned a couple weeks ago, are we at the point now where, you know, athletes who are injured and haven't been racing uh because i know i think carmel sat has sat one of their top girls uh most of this if not all this season so far um you know if we're just comparing straight up right now who's better with the girls who have been on the cross-country course the columbus north girls are better it's clear today. yeah it's, it's clearly columbus north and so now that again that doesn't mean anything for october 30th but if we're talking about who's the who's the the best team in the state right now. And I don't even know if that's the question you asked, but if we're talking about who's the best team in the state right now, it is definitely Columbus North. And I think, so here's a good example. And I'm, I'm ultra biased on this because not only do I teach at the school and the coach is my friend, but this particular athlete is related to me, Olivia Romanic from Carmel. Um, I don't know if she's my cousin or my niece. Her, her mother is my cousin. So um, she's ranked 18th on INCC stats at 1831, but she has one 5K performance that ranks as 1805. That's <laughs> got to factor into the mix. And I think it, it's an interesting question as we try to project what could happen at the state meet because on INCC stats, you're ranked as your best five, right? We'll get into that with, with another team here. 
you're ranked as your best five. Who has the best aggregated top five runners? Carmel. But if, if, we, per, if we simulate the state tournament 20,000 times, Columbus North's depth might prevail over Car- Carmel more times than not because they have superior sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth runners. I think the, maybe the best way to, to leave this discussion is here's what's exciting. In, I don't know, June or July, I think most uh, girls cross-country uh, aficionados in Indiana would have said that Carmel girls are going to win the state championship going away. It's not even going to be an interesting competition. And it is going to be an interesting competition. I think that just makes this fall that much more exciting for everybody involved in cross country except maybe those two coaches yep but i gotta tell you first to report columbus north girls are going to be legit because they got to move in from california and that's all indiana runner yeah first to report wow there's no there is no uh media outlet in indiana high school cross country like indiana runner come on you know it uh how about uh any Columbus North and Carmel, Carmel and Columbus North, easily the top two. Yeah. Uh, a lot like last year, Carmel and Carroll. Uh, any other podium locks, you think? You know, I don't believe in that, but I will tell you, and if I'm getting that too far ahead of myself, let me know. I can wait for later, but I do have my top five teams, in, girls teams in Indiana right now, in my well, opinion, of course. Yeah, let me, let me go through this. So you say no other podium locks? No. Okay. Here's a, bre- a quick list of all the podium contenders. Let me know if you think I forgot somebody. Noblesville, Zionsville, Carroll, Chesterton, Hamilton Southeastern, North Central, Westfield, and Floyd Central. I miss anybody? I think that's a pretty good list. Floyd is a little bit further down on INCC stats. Yeah. I don't think they're – and we're going to get the big drop coming soon, and I think maybe I'll, we'll do another emergency podcast um, later in the week once we get that, where they give us all – INCC stats gives us all of the, like – simulations everything right. now when they do that they may pull out runners who haven't competed yet at all which could significantly change things for some of these teams they will. um but floyd is just further down but I, they looked really good on on saturday and i i don't i don't know why but i guess i just there's part of me for whatever reason that just really is rooting for floyd to end up on the podium uh incc stats top five in this order as of september 4th Columbus North, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, and Carroll. So what, what are the Lidskin top five? All right. I'll go, I'll go backwards. So in fifth right now, I have Chesterton. Um, I, I, I guess I won't even go into all the explanations as to why I have these teams there unless you want me to. But I have Chesterton five. I have Floyd Central four. Now, I, you are I, higher on Floyd Central than I am. Yeah, I uh, – well – I mean, again, my gosh, I my, thought that I mean, wasn't possible. You are the Snoop Dogg of Floyd Central Girls Cross Country. Yeah, look, it's a program that has more tradition than we know. They were you know, a dominant program in the late 80s there. Um, I think I they won four, busy being born, but yeah, four, four straight girls state titles in the, in the late 80s, I believe. Um, I have Floyd. I mean, the truth is, no matter, no matter how you know, INCC stats scores it out, Floyd Central fully loaded beat noblesville fully loaded on saturday head straight up you can't put noblesville ahead of them right now um i did 
<laughs> you can in terms of projection, but not in terms of what's actually happening. Sure. Uh, I and now I'm going to be hypocritical though because I have Zionsville third, um, and Zionsville has been without their top runner. But what they have been able to do without their top, they averaged 1924 without her on Saturday. Um, to put in perspective, you know, you, you uh, mentioned some of the other fringe podium teams like uh, Westfield, they averaged 1935, North Central averaged 1930. Um, you know, so Zionsville averaged significantly better than those two teams on a tougher course without their number one runner. I'm going Zionsville three, Carmel two, and the Bulldogs from Columbus North number one. That makes sense to me. Other than, like I said, you, you really like Floyd Central girls. Um, I think they're 15th right now on INCC stats, but give it a couple more weeks and, and, and we'll see. Especially, we're going to see Carmel, Columbus North, Noblesville, and Floyd all at, um, at Brown County. At, at Brown County. What did you and have? And I will say this. Did you have in there? I'm top sorry five? to cut you off on my ranking. I mean, Noblesville would be like a half a point or whatever, you know, whatever that point behind in sixth is the sixth rated team. Okay. So there, there's no, there's very little separation, obviously, uh, based on the results we saw Saturday between them and Floyd. And I just think Chesterton's right in there as well. Chesterton looked really, really good on the Laverne course and then turned around, what, another three weeks later on and Marion and they, they beat North Central. And I think, North Central girls have a pretty good chance to get back on the podium again this year. Yep. All right. How about the boys side, the podium crowd, I'm going to call it week three rankings. This is INCC stats, adjusted performance team ratings. Yeah. Columbus North 84 Hamilton Southeastern 90 Fishers 124 Carmel 126 and Noblesville 143. Now that's the best for, Fishers, Carmel, Noblesville, who all had two meets this weekend. But adjusted ratings. Adjusted ratings take what happened in the meet for the runners that ran and then put in your other runners at their average. So, for instance, we haven't seen two key boys from Burbuff this season. You put them in at their preseason rating. Burbuff is 84. That's a dead heat with Columbus North. Center Grove, now we are putting in an athlete that we've seen so far this year. So maybe this yeah. is a little more legitimate Big than, difference. It, than it would be with Burbuff, and that was 144. So if I ran through that again with the adjusted ratings, Columbus North and Burbuff, 84, HSC, 90, Fishers, 124, Carmel, 126, Noblesville, 143, Center Grove, 144. What do you make of all those teams kind of crowded there at the top? Now, a big difference between 84 and 144. Yeah. Uh, and and it, I mean, I think it just goes to what we've been saying for the last three weeks on the podcast. There are just that many really, really, really elite boys teams. Um, my top five would look different from that adjusted top five. Um, I, I, I think I'm less knowledgeable on the boys side than the girls. So I, me, I, I guess I'll defer to INCC stats. <laughs> let, let, me, let me give you a brief recent history because those numbers could mean anything, right? Like what is it? Yeah. Meet scores. It's like, well, the, what do the numbers mean? Well, the numbers mean that's their INCC stats adjusted team rating. Yeah. Like, well, so for a normal person, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything. So in, in context of what we've seen recently, 2019, Remember, Noblesville 143, Center Grove adjusted team rating 144, but that seems pretty fair. Right. 
in 2019, the bet, the third best team rating was 142. And that was Carmel at the state meet. Concordia had two ratings better than that. One of which was the state meet and the other, which was flash rock other than, than Carmel at 142, no team had a rating better than this 144 by center Grove, which was the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best rating this week, adjusted rating. In 2018, the second best rating all year was uh, Carmel's had 150 team rating. That was the team that won the state meet. Fishers had a better rating, but it came in a meet in Illinois, and it's such a small sample size when the meet happens outside of Indiana that I'm, I'm just, when, when close to the majority of the ratings all come from the same team, I'm just not sure how accurate that is. So in, if you throw that one rating out because of the small sample size, no team in the entirety of 2018, which was only three years ago, had a rating that came within any of the top seven ratings from this week, just this week. I think that, yes, that means that those teams that scored in that 144 range are, are definitely podium caliber teams. And it also tells me that you spend a lot of time on INCC staff. I mean, that only took me about six minutes, but <laughs> I was, I'm, I was born in the information age, right? These millennials, we know how to, you guys you know, are open good. up a new window, hit control F and not go to Applebee's because we are driving them out of business. <laughs> Unless they want to sponsor the podcast, in which case. That's I'll, right. We want to sponsor anybody out there. Give it, sponsor the, the podcast. We'll, we'll support your business. You support ours. Except Applebee's because our, our, according to uh, Spotify, our prime, uh, our prime demographic is 35 to 44 year olds. So right in the millennial generation. Uh, you got your top five boys teams? I do. Um, and again, I, I won't go into a, a whole lot of explanation, but at number five, I have Center Grove. I think they've been outstanding all season long. I, I think they maybe just, like I said, sat one of those guys. So um, it, it's hard to put them ahead of Fishers at this point. Um, fourth, I have Carmel. Uh, I think Center, Center Grove beat you guys, I think, at that Terre Haute early, 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 early meet. Uh, so, you know, I may even have put that in, incorrect in, in terms of just head-to-head -head competition so far. So, uh, Carmel four, I have uh, Fishers three. Uh, boy, I think they were just, they had a, they had a week this week. Let's put it that way. They, they had a week. Um, and uh, HSC number two, I think unquestionably there uh, based on their county performance, Hamilton County. And then once again, the Bulldogs, number one. So, no Burbuff. Yeah, I, I just and and I just need to see their team. And we just right now, um, you know, we like you said, we know that whoever didn't run for Center Grove on Saturday, we know that that's a young man who obviously trained over the summer, who you know put down a time at Terre Haute. I don't know anything that's going on at Burbuff. I'm certainly not questioning their uh, their talent and their ability. They're they're clearly probably you know a state championship caliber team, but. Before we can put them in an actual top, I can put them in an actual top five right now. They've got to, they've got to beat one of those top five teams, and they haven't yet. I think, I think Burbuff is interesting in that on, on paper, on computer screens, in numbers, through, in the matrix, they ranked as this all-time great team, right, preseason, when you take what they did last year on the cross-country course and then turning around and what their, their five guys, especially four of them, did 
on the track throughout uh, the spring. They're they're way high up there, but you haven't you haven't seen you haven't seen their guys yet. But yeah, you know, and I don't mean it as any disrespect them. at all. Coach Kinnear is awesome, and those guys maybe it's part of their training plan. Uh, they've run, they've run well at the state meet for a number of years now. That like they're awesome. I'm just basing off of what we've seen so far. And I think it'll be interesting when the big drop comes in these next few days, and we'll we'll run an, we'll run another podcast back pretty quickly um, once that happens. But you know those two boys that uh, it's going to update in the next few days. INCC stats says so. It, it, they're not going to wait until after Saturday's races, right? And Brabus goes to Brown County, and we may see those guys. We may not see any of their top seven. We don't know. But yeah. if they if they remove them. Right now, they're still listed as number one on INCC stats. Now, if you remove those two boys totally, um, how far does that drop Burbuff down? Because it's not an especially deep team. It's not like the Columbus North girls where they might have seven, eight, nine listed in the top 100 or even some of these other boys teams, Fishers, Carmel, whoever, who have seven or eight boys listed in the top 200 on INCC stats. Yeah, it's always the, you know, the classic ranking or ratings question. Are you rating based on, on, you know, potential? Or are you rating based on what's happening currently? Or is it a mixture of both? I mean, you can talk to 50 people and get five different opinions and, and that's fine. And, you know, I don't, I do not doubt that the buff will be up there by the end of the year, but they got to beat those teams now to put them in the, in the Lidskin top five. And we've got, two opportunities they're going to be at that brown county meet again i don't know if they're going to run all their boys or none of their boys or you know i don't know who's taking the act anything like that and then the next week at flash rock um now flash rock does come the week before the mick and the hcc which are going to be two highly competitive meets each of them has multiple uh podium contending teams on the boys side and so what does that make the top of the team race look like at that at that flash rock invitational this, this year. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wish everybody would run all their top guys at that, uh, at our, our uh, Riverview health flash rock invite. Cause I think five of the top six rated boys teams in the state will be there, but I, I don't know that. I, I don't think that all those teams will run their full squad. Uh, that would be my guess as well. I'll, I'll put it that way. That would be my guess. So all right, man. Hey, exciting, exciting week. Anything you're looking, any other thing you're looking forward to this, this next, next few weeks for Indiana cross country? Well, it's like you said, I mean, we, I, we, right. We could potentially see that Carmel girls, Columbus North girls matchup this week at Brown County. I mean, Brown County is definitely kind of the, the focal point, I think, of this coming weekend. So I'm really looking forward to those results and uh, just getting everything ready for our uh, review health meet two weeks. Cause that'll be a barn burner. Can't wait. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later.